Shut up, I love it. So, uh, how does that make you feel? Shut up, I love it. I'm your host with the least, Joe Yeast, or Joe Cabello, as some of us call him, and I'm here with... Sasha Filer, no fancy names for me, <laughs> just Sasha Filer, just pronounce my last name right. That's all I'm asking for, people. It's not Feeler, it's Filer. Yeah, don't feel it out, file it out. <laughs> Welcome to Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated, misunderstood, overused but hated. Yeah, yeah, they'll tell us. They'll tell us what, what the deal is, what the thing. Who is they? Who do we have in the studio today, Joe? We here have actress and podcaster. You might know her from her podcast, Crying Behind Sunglasses. Check it out. And welcome, Katie Dahl. What's up, Katie? Hey, thank you for having me. Couldn't be more excited. Great podcast. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's a, it's a mental health podcast, which is why I am here to talk about therapy. What a oh, beautiful transition. That was a good, that was almost like you do podcasts <laughs> it's yourself. It's almost like I'm trying to do this as my yeah. job. <laughs> it's like, you know, the little tricks. So you're here to talk about therapy. Let's yes. break that down for the audience. What you even mean by that? Okay, mean so physical specifically, therapy? Yeah. physical therapy, like I busted physical. my LCL, yeah, ACL. I, <laughs> I mean, I I do think that physical therapy is beneficial for people with physical injuries. <laughs> However, if you have, I guess, mental injuries. <laughs> wow, injuries, <laughs> Minjuries or uh, illnesses or problems. Like I have anxiety, um, then I am a huge advocate for talk therapy. So yeah. that's that's the kind of therapy that I am here to discuss today. So are we talking behavioral therapy? Are we talking Freud? Where are we going with this? Are we uh, going to get specific? And not like I know what's going on, but I just feel like I know a couple yeah. of words. I've, so I am an advocate of a few different kinds of therapy. Um, I don't think that there is any one kind that is going to work for every person. That's why there are so many different types. I mean, there's even therapy where you can take uh, drugs, like psychoactive drugs under oh, uh, do yeah. doctor's orders. You know, I mean, there's yes. so many different kinds. Legalize. <laughs> I've never been through that kind. I would say for me, uh, in my personal therapy journey, um, I have been through CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a great way if you have certain habits or thoughts or behaviors that you want to change about yourself and you're not able to do it on your own, you can work with a therapist to do that. CBT. Take some CBD and CBD. Yeah, you take them both. So I guess to put it in as plain as my brain can figure it, it is the act of working with a professional on yourself. Basically, yes, but I, I think uh, uh, in broader terms, not to make it too ge general, I think we can go through a lot of different specific kinds of therapy, honestly. Um, there's also couples therapy, which I have mm. been to with two of my exes. So take take, take with take that with what you will. I don't know. I guess it didn't work because we broke up. But at the same time, I learned things. <laughs> so You get your <laughs> money knows? back. Uh, yeah, we can go through a couple of those. Um, yeah. And why did you think, because this is, uh, therapy is what I would call one of our Shut Up, I Love It classics. It's like one of those things that people have heard of. It is a thing. It's maybe even in the encyclopedia, mm -hmm. unlike 
The Prophet, uh, the movie The Prophet. <laughs> might not be in the cyclopedia. Oh, okay. I was like, who's that? <laughs> what is he talking about? <laughs> uh, so um, what category of Shut Up, I Love It do you think this therapy might fit in? Uh, why did it ping to you? Uh, I think it, it pinged to me because it's something I'm very passionate about. And it can be polarizing. Some people say, oh, how is it going to help me to go and talk to a stranger about all my feelings? Or... I don't trust these doctors. They're just out to get me or they're they don't want me to get better because then uh, I won't keep paying them for therapy. And mm-hmm. I'm here to say that that's not true. And there you have to find the good therapist. Therapist shopping is definitely a skill. However, I think that it can be helpful if you find the right person and you go in with uh, a mission in mind of something mm-hmm. that you want to work on. Yeah, because we all live in the Los Angeles area, greater, California, greater. the greater one. Mm-hmm. Some of us Eagle Rock, some of us Pasadena. Some of us live in the lesser one. Yeah, the the way lesser. True. Some of them farther. <laughs> I live less. in the valley, also known as the lesser Los Angeles area. <laughs> Los Angeles, lesser Angeles. As long as it's not like Santa Clarita, then no. you're fine. Uh, no, no dissing, no, no disses to that. But don't say you're from LA. But. Um, we're all, I think we're in a culture that is very pro, uh, mental health and therapy. However, I think you wouldn't have to go too far to like find really big swaths of people who wouldn't dare to tell anybody they're in therapy or, you know, would balk at it. Um, so I I think we're in a bit of a bubble where I'm thinking like, no, therapy's on the rise. And I think it is, but there's still, there's some people who need it who are never going to. It is and it isn't. I think it's a generational thing. I know growing Mm, up, my dad always thought therapy was for crazy people only. You know, so it wasn't really an option uh, in my house, which is crazy. (laughs) Crazy. Ah. (laughs) Which is wild. Stigma. Uh, (laughs) I know, whatever. Which is wild because um, my brother has autism and he did go to therapy, but I feel like my dad was able to make an exception in his head because of my brother's disability, maybe? I don't know. And maybe that <laughs> othered it a little bit, too, to be like, you know, if you are seeing someone, oh, they have autism, they're going to therapy. Mm-hmm. So people with autism or people with this or people with that go to therapy. It's like an even further divide, possibly. Yeah, instead of being like, oh, even if you're neurotypical, if you have a uh, someone who dies and you're grieving or you have depression anxiety the normal things in life it's good to go talk to someone and i feel like nobody has a perfect childhood when you're an adult you can go in there and process all that shit and then be a better person and not hurt your children yeah hopefully. that is the message of shut up i love it every episode we say that do not hurt your children keep sending this message out hopefully people are picking yeah. up on it there was wow. one episode where we didn't say it, and like 20 <laughs> children got hurt that week. So it was terrible. Very, very difficult. It was That's all, a- it was me. <laughs> it was because of me, but. This is awful. You know. <laughs> Joe, what is your experience with therapy? Cut you know, I am very pro-therapy. Mm. I've only gone to couples therapy, not personal. And pro-life, too, I heard, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I am, but not in the way you're trying to get to. Um, who wouldn't be, is my argument. <laughs> no, but I do think it's good. I do think my I do have issues with it, but I think they are more user-based issues than 
thing-based issues. User-based? Uh, is this like a software I program? No what, what are you talking about, Joe? <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily think it's always the therapist. Like, it's it's not that the tool didn't work. It's that you suck. I think is most <laughs> of the issues with um, uh, therapy is the user. Okay. Yeah, I and, see that because I think that a lot of people are like who say therapy doesn't work for me. It's because they're not willing to open up. Or they're mm-hmm. not willing to um, tell the therapist the truth of what's going on with them. Or maybe they don't want to apply uh, themselves to make changes. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it could be that. Or even they go to therapy every week and they're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but they think they are. But we can delve a little bit deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasha, what about you? Oh, I mean, just like opening a can of worms, man. I think it's complicated for you, right? Because you come from a different, completely different place. Completely different. So I come from the opposite place of America, which is Siberia. And um, yeah, (laughs) but what happens? No, I come from a family where for sure, like going to a therapist, like that's not a thing. Like I don't, I don't know anybody who goes to therapist in my hometown. Like there's no such a thing, even though my brother has schizophrenia and uh, bipolar. But like that's not a thing. Like they just give you drugs, if 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 at all, uh, and put you in the mental hospital. Um, but um, but I have like such extensive relationship with therapy because I've had like four like monogamous relationship, like long term monogamous relationship with different therapists, and it never works. Like I have so much to say about how, why, and how it never works. It but, never works. User I, error. <laughs> It never works. <laughs> but I keep trying. Like, I keep coming back because I believe in the idea of therapy. But there are issues that we can get into, like, of how maybe I handle it and what my problem is, like, facing therapy. Um, like, they all love me. They love me. They can't get enough of me because I'm a very interesting case for them. But then, they, but then, like, I feel like there's nothing going on. And recently, I've been just, like, Instead of 40, 45 minutes, I'll be like 15 minutes. I tell my therapist, all right, I think we're done for today. And I'm just done. So I mean, narcissistic there, disorder. Yeah, I don't think it's That's for... That's my mom. Yeah, I don't think it's for everyone, you know. Some people, it just doesn't work. I mean, uh, talking is not always the way that everyone passes their feelings. Well, I don't know if that's the... Um, it's To me, the question is, and that's actually funny enough, my husband's reason why he's never been to a therapist is because he he and I, I just I just have a hard time to find somebody who I think is so fucking smart that I trust what they're gonna tell me to do with my life. Mm. And my husband just doesn't think there's anybody exists that is good enough to tell him what to do with his life. He's mm-hmm. a fuck. He's a fucking asshole. No. <laughs> but uh friend, he's great. friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. Uh, but no, for sure. Um, we can talk about it. Because the thing is like I don't I'm not here to hate talk therapy because I keep coming back. And they are like good sessions that I've had before. But mm-hmm. um, um, I just, every time I have a therapist, I'm like, I need a new one. I need a new one. Like, this is not working out. Like, yeah. And maybe it's because, like, currently I have a therapist who I pay only $5 and the rest of insurance that covers the rest of it. You know? maybe. Right. maybe I need a more expensive therapist, but I don't want to spend like $200 per session on the therapy. No. For, no, it's insane. Enough about me. Let's get back in there. Therapy-wise, Joe. Yes. Yeah. What What is our question? What is our big... How are we going to... Because there's so much. Well, what I want to respond is that much like trying to get in sh- your body into shape, 
there are a lot of different forms of exercise you can do, and they're not all for everyone. For example, I like yoga a lot. Shout out. There are plenty of people who hate yoga, and that's fine. They can go do a different form of exercise, like lifting weights or running or whatever it is, right? So that that's one. Like, I think there are a lot of different ways to take care of your brain, and this is not like a one thing that you have to do. Um, but as far as my personal journey with therapy, uh, I was kind of introduced to it as a kid because like I said, my brother, he has autism uh, and epilepsy, although the epilepsy didn't really show up until he was a teenager. So that wasn't part of the therapy, but he didn't speak until he was four years old. And um, part of the reason that he started talking is because we took him to speech therapy uh, and we also took him to like a psychotherapist who did ABA, which is Applied Behavioral Therapy. Um, and I know within the autism community, ABA is a little bit of a controversial subject lately because uh, some people say that they think it's abusive or whatever. But I honestly think it's like each person, again, whether you're neurotypical or autistic, has things that work for them. You know, if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. For my brother, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, he wasn't talking, he was throwing tantrums all the time, he was very upset. And when we gave him these tools to be able to communicate what he needed, he was happier. So I saw that working in action when I was a kid and I would like go along to his therapy appointments um, and his therapist would, like explain uh, things to me, which is really helpful because I was just a kid, I didn't know what was going on. So he was able to explain um, what autism was in very simple terms so that I could understand it, which I thought that was really cool. Like. Um, I'll give you guys the explanation, actually, because it, it it was very enlightening for me. <laughs> yeah. It continues to be. Was he told me that if if our brains are like a filing cabinet, right, and a quote unquote normal person, uh, every every drawer is, represents a subject that you want to think about, and so for a normal person, all the things are filed away. And um, except for that, there are a lot of uh, papers strewn across the floor. And so when you want to get to that drawer of the thing you want to think about, there are a lot of distractions and other things happening. And even when you open that one drawer, you can still see the mess on the sides. That's a normal person's brain. If you look at a person on the spectrum's brain uh, with this filing cabinet analogy, there is nothing on the floor. Everything is perfectly put away. And when they open the drawer of the thing they want to think about, they just hyper focus in on that. And that's it. Um, You're describing what a lot of people wish they had. But I know it's more more complicated than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there there are so many more things that go along with it. I just remember, I always remember that explanation because I thought it was a really interesting metaphor. Mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. it and it kind of it boiled it down into a way that like a little kid could understand that um yeah. so that was i think really you're helpful. not hyper focusing on something that is good for you you're just hyper focusing whatever's in front of you or gets your attention for whatever reason you're yeah in, like, in terms of your neurons just shooting so yeah, yeah that's the problem i guess yeah. so i remember yeah. that and then as far as my own personal journey with therapy i don't think i went until uh i think college mm-hmm. um my biological dad passed away uh, and it was just like a very complicated set of feelings to deal with as a, I think I was 18, as an 18 year old. So I went to like the free college counselor, you know, like one of those grad school Mm -hmm. students that's still learning how to be a therapist, but I still found it helpful. Like she wasn't an expert, but she gave me space to process my feelings. And I remember I 
Uh, I was still really in my emo phase, so I was writing a lot of poetry about it and <laughs> sharing it. I'm sure. I was sharing it with her, and she was like very nice about it. <laughs> uh, so that was helpful. And then I think uh, as I got older, I realized like more and more problems with anxiety and panic attacks. And I think that's where I discovered CBT, and that's where I was able to get the tools to be able to understand like how do I. Uh, de-escalate when I feel a panic attack coming on or when I'm in the middle of it, you know, and I think that's like a very concrete tool that has helped me a lot. It's interesting. We're similar in many ways um, in terms of our, our history. Like mm -hmm. I teach yoga. I, at Hot 8, I, oh, I, cool. uh, yeah, dude, you got to come by. Yeah. But like, yeah, shout out. Totally like sponsors. I mean, of the show. <laughs> also, uh, I used to teach yoga. That's so funny. Yeah. And then we <laughs> brothers with mental uh, challenges and mm -hmm. uh, and both sounds like lost our dads at the same time. I was 16 when my dad passed away. I started going to see a therapist when I was in college. Wow. I mean, dude, okay. look at that. Yeah. A lot no, of things lying up. Similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Type mm -hmm. A's. Mm, type A's. I, I am yeah. very... Uh, very type A. I used to try and uh, run from that, but now I just embrace it. Yeah, same, dude. <laughs> beautiful voices, too, I think. Yeah. Beautiful voices? We both yeah. have beautiful yeah, voices? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. I'll take yeah. it. No, no. I mean, that's just like what our emails are all about. Who is that lady with the beautiful voice? Sasha Feiler. <laughs> that's Sasha Feeler. Feeler. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's got a lot of feelings. Oh, uh, there's a lot of feelings going on. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, I totally see that journey. It's interesting to me um, that you so have such a good grip on what CBT is because I like know in theory what CBT is, but I don't understand what's the difference from like just going to see a therapist who. Uh, traditionally is um, like into Freud and, and, you know, and just like talking about, you know, dreams about penises. Like, I don't really know what the difference is because it always felt to me very similar. Like they just kind of talk to you, they find out your history. They want to see what happened in your past and what's happening into you today and connect your today and anxiety that I also have general anxiety disorder. So, hey, um, yeah, so the, <laughs> connecting that to, uh, to connecting that to, um, you know, your upbringing. So, sure. uh, but like you seem to know, Katie, really well what the difference. Well, the difference is because you can do both. I think mm -hmm. that like there's a combination of quote unquote traditional talk therapy, which is very Freudian that goes into your childhood. And then there's other things to do. Um, CBT, like you can do CBT without ever telling someone about your childhood. You wouldn't even have to if you oh, don't okay. feel like it. Mm -hmm. It's more so yes, about I... the current problem mm -hmm. and like a current solution. Does that make more sense? Yeah, but that just feels like just LA, LA life. Like we're just like osmosis of living in Los Angeles where they just tell you like, just breathe or like, you know, like <laughs> do some yoga, get in some downward facing dogs. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like those things are kind of what helps too. But, but what do I know? I don't know. This is just me thinking like, how do I, how does this person, in my case, this lady who's sitting in the chair, her telling me how to deal with my general anxiety and general anxiety just means as you know katie is basically when even something is fine you start thinking your brain starts picking on what is wrong in your life and just oh, generally yeah. compile it all together in one like just forcing yourself to focus on negative like that's what you know and, and future right. so i can give you an example of how it might help someone like you or like me because i'm 
the same, uh, is it's, it's kind of you're learning to stop that pattern. So if you were talking to a therapist that was doing this with you, they would say, okay, what are these thoughts that you're having? And you might say out loud, like, I'm a failure, I'm not, or whatever, whatever it is you're stressed out about. I'll throw, the, I'll throw it out there like, oh, I'm a failure, I don't look good, or mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do well in my career, or I'm a bad person, whatever the ne- negative thought pattern is, right? And then you say it out loud and the therapist might say to you, okay, now is that actually true? You know, what? what is a different thought that we can try to put in there that's like an opposite thought? How can we break that cycle? Or what is something physically that you can do to change it up? Like just changing your environment, going for a walk. I mean, I remember, I think Joe was guesting on my podcast recently. He was talking about how just changing the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, recognizing a negative pattern in your life that you don't want and then figuring out what is it that's going to stop it that you can proactively do. And it, of course, involves some yoga language for me because it is like basically uh, switching into observer mode because you have yes. to then see what's happening to your brain and to switch to a little bit higher um, yeah. you know, point of view where you can see what's happening in the landscape of your brain and notice this uh, connections your brain is making just on automatic and then yeah. finding the solutions for it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it is inquiry. kind of cerebral in that way where you have to like detach yourself from the whole thing and just be like, okay, what's going on here without any like without attaching um, any emotion to it, just being like, okay, what <laughs> mm-hmm. this this thing triggered me, then I thought this, then I did this. Okay. Now, how can we break that pattern? Yeah, I use those questions of inquiry a lot of like, is this true? What does it mean if it's true? What does it mean if it's not true? Um, cause it, but I think the problem is you don't always catch yourself with those questions before no. you've either done damage or wasted four hours. <laughs> uh, totally. and that seems, the CBT seems... Um, different from another type where you are looking at your childhood and being like, oh, okay, your um, parents always criticized you when you were young. So now you do X, Y, and Z and kind of rooting that. Is that an, a type you've had experience with at all? With um, I, like I, I don't going know back the into name. the childhood stuff? Yeah, but it's, yeah, I forget the name of it because uh, full disclosure, right? my fiance I mean, is a therapist in training in no school. big deal so i get some of this stuff through osmosis but i'm not <laughs> yeah listening. i'm not quite sure what we would call that i feel like it's just kind of like therapy for childhood trauma or i mean it does come from freud he's the one who originally was talking about that stuff a friend of the show Freud. friend of the show so, um i do have a lot of experience with that um because okay. i think um I'm someone who could be like labeled with either having daddy issues or mommy issues or maybe both depending on, you know, how a therapist wants to dissect me. Uh, So I've been put through that a lot. I think it is good um, at some point in your adult life to like truly examine your parents and compare them to how you are and how they may have affected you because like, sure, there are things that are inherited genetically, but then there are also um, patterns of behavior or mannerisms that can be learned or unlearned, you know? Mm-hmm. For example, oh. my mom is super high-strung. Like, you think I have anxiety. It's way more. And what I didn't realize until I went away for college, I was like, oh, wait, 
I'm not actually that stressed out. All of us just picking up this energy from my mom. You know? Oh, yeah. And it, I, definitely if you're around a friend who's like freaking out over shit or like you're in the car with them and they're just pissed off about the other drivers, you're like, all of a sudden I feel fucking awful mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or for women, I think uh, the classic thing is when you're having relationship issues, you might need to dissect your relationship with your dad and see how that might have affected your opinion of men in general. Uh, so those and might be examples of, of things that I've had to deal with. Yeah, another reason family, from what I understand, is important to go back to is because family is your first social group that you find a place in when you're mm-hmm. born. Like. This is where you figure it out for the first time, like, what is my role in this fam- like in this family, in the world? Because this is where you're staying until you're getting out there. And so you're learning everything while your brain is uh, becoming a brain, basically, from just like what I imagine, a f- just like a rock, right? Like a rock. A smooth, a little <laughs> smooth, smooth rock, rock yeah, getting yeah. some wrinkles. Yeah, starts getting some wrinkles and learning um, how to deal with other humans. Uh, and social structures, and if that is fucked up, then then you're pretty fucked up for a while until you like unlearn, hopefully, and relearn it. Speaking yeah. of personal experience. Yeah. And I, okay, so here's maybe my big problem with it is I think it would be great if whoever wanted to go to therapy could go um, research some, pick one out. If it doesn't work out, find someone else, try different ways Mm -hmm. but let's be honest either you go like sign up for a five dollar subsidized thing where they're like okay you just have to wait 12 weeks to see them and Mm. you're like i'm fucked up now or you pay (laughs) a 70 to 200 dollars for somebody good and maybe it doesn't work out you try someone else it's unfortunately built for the privileged Absolutely. It's not accessible for everyone. And I think that's terrible. And then I think that's like, so it's this thing that they're like, well, we'll just have a bunch of therapists at different costs, but most of those are going to be bad or people won't be able to afford jumping around. Um, So what do you think about it just being a completely flawed industry for anyone who cannot seem to afford it? I agree with you. It is inherently flawed just as every other part of the american medical industry is flawed uh and i i think there are there are small things incremental changes that are being made um and i mean full disclosure because they sponsor my podcast but better help or sites like that you know they're providing online therapy that has nothing you don't have to have insurance or anything and it's like an affordable cost so i think the more websites we can have like that where someone can just have therapy in their house um and you can like change and you can do the therapy with any person that you want um that's super helpful uh or there are counseling centers that are low cost depending on what city you live in that are sliding scale but like you said joe a lot of those have really long waiting lists I don't really have an answer to like, oh, this is how we can solve the problem of accessibility within therapy. Um, but I do think that a lot of these online providers are helping a lot because they're mm-hmm. they're cutting out the middleman. Like you don't have to go through your insurance. You can just go directly to this site um, and talk to someone. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is good to open it up. And I think a big the big thing is just how do you find them? How do you find the right person? 
you know, uh, my f- a friend of mine is in therapy and he's getting it free through some grant type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much red tape with it. They have to use these specific worksheets that he's like, this isn't working for me, but this is the only thing I can really afford. Mm-hmm. Um, have you run into anything like that where it was like, oh, we're just kind of like locked into doing this? Yeah, you know, there was um, when I was doing couples therapy a few boyfriends ago, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as, as one might say, uh, I remember we went to a therapist that he had been seeing individually, which I wouldn't recommend doing because I think it's better if you both go in cold. That seems know, right. Instead of like one of you already knows the person. Um, that wasn't really the problem, though, but I just think it, I'd throw that out there as a piece of advice. Uh, but I remember she was really into doing these worksheets like you were talking about uh, for Imago therapy, which is a very specific kind of couples therapy. And she was also really into us holding hands and like putting our foreheads together no, no, <laughs> and breathing. No. And I just felt like she was so married to these certain techniques that were very woo woo mm-hmm. and weren't working for us. Yeah. At no, all. this is where my husband would leave. Like the yeah. moment he wouldn't do. He would give the foreheads one tap and then <laughs> hurtful, hurtful tap, and He'd then walk you. away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's definitely like the the therapist needs to be open minded and see like, oh, this is what the patient needs, and this is what I'll do instead of being like, oh, this is my way, and it it works for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, they have to be open-minded, but they also have to, like, it's just such a thing like dating. I think that's the problem to me. Like, to me, the biggest problem with therapy is that it's so much like dating Mm -hmm. that it takes, like, I want to give them more than than one session to, like, really find out how it works. Like, I don't know, one session is not enough. So then I find myself six months in, and I'm like, well, I don't know if it works. Like, but the thing for me is that I am trying to always find a Russian-speaking therapist. Oh, that's that's so, difficult. Yeah. So that I have uh, somebody whom I don't have to explain how Siberia works. I can just like they already have a general understanding um, and they have something to to work with, but, which has been it hasn't been like hard to find them. But like it's it's just like a smaller pool. And then you're choosing from that smaller pool. Um, yeah. Cultural yeah. issues within it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, if you have I don't know what the stats are on therapists, if they all like lean towards a certain uh, either gender, class, or race, but um, I, mean, I know for a fact that's a big issue. You definitely have to have a certain amount of money and access to get enough education to become a therapist, so I'm sure that's a big barrier for just so- socioeconomically. Uh, I don't have the stats either. I could maybe try and Google it, but I'm just w- I'm willing to bet that people who uh, come from a more wealthy background are more likely to be able to, like, get the master's degree or PhD that is required. So yeah, that's definitely a thing. And um, yeah, I can't even imagine I didn't even think about that. Like, culturally, you come from such a specific place, and you don't want to have to explain yourself. I just want to do a shortcut, dude. Like, because it's like, there's so many months of me just talking about 
just describing to them how great I am basically and how much I've lived through <laughs> and them loving me. Like that's what happens with all the therapists. They like fall in love. They're like, can't believe it. You come from such a fucked up background. Basically that's their message. And they're like, but you've achieved so much Like you've gone from Siberia to New York to Los Angeles. And, and, and then I'm like, okay, great. Like so we're just sitting here and like jerking off to each other. Like, and I have no interest of listening how great I am because I also don't know if you can help me if you have enough, like mental capacity because I could like kind of predict a lot of times what they're about to say maybe because I am signed up for psychology today and I always wanted to be a therapist like when like, like a psychologist when I was a little girl so I've always like been involved in like reading articles about it so a lot of times I know what they're gonna tell me mm. um and then I'm like just because you were telling me doesn't mean like I could tell this to myself like at least that's my my brain works like it's very rare for me to have aha moments in therapy. It's like, like right. the immigrant fetishization is all you're really getting from. They them. love it. They love it. They love <laughs> so it. So like, yeah, how can you fix it. me when all you're you're just seeing is like this? Well, they love it. Yeah, well, they yeah. love it because I have a narcissistic mother, a psych- schizophrenic brother who like jumps off like buildings, and then like they had like a father who was an alcoholic, and then since I was like a little girl, I had to. I was like the only adult in the family who had to like make decisions for everybody. So that's why I, for a long time, I was like, I hate children. I don't, I don't, I don't like anything that has to do with the word family. That seems disgusting to me. So they just love it because it's like a unique, unique, um, fucked up thing that they have to work with. But then they can't do anything about it. Like the, all that works for me is psychedelics, hot yoga and meditation. And so whatever they do that I try to reach out because that's like a weekly thing that I show up for and I'm there even if I'm there just for 15 minutes. Um, but um, it's it's just like this human perspective of a stranger doesn't, it's just so far I haven't found the one. I feel like I haven't found the one. Yeah, no, it is very much like dating. It's it's difficult. I've, I've had some stinkers. I, I can't say that every therapist I've been to has been great. Uh, How long do you, know, you give them? Generally. I you less than her. I'll tell you that. I'm not going to yeah. waste six months on a bad therapist. Oh. I think two sessions max. Well, no, I definitely had like a, a single sessions where I was like, "Oh, fuck off, dude! Like, what the hell are you talking about?" Like, yeah. But I mean, like when they're like, "Okay, well, let's see," you know, and it's just like a B minus, and like B minus is not enough for me to, you know, love it so much. Um, and we'll find out how much I love it in the next uh, chapter of this uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, question two about user error. Yes. Katie, what do you think about the people who seemingly just go to therapy every week but don't seem to do anything except just like, <laughs> bitch about things? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And, but, like, they're, they seem to be not... Uh, saying They're okay not. why am why is it why am i bitching about these things let me figure out why that's affecting me they're just like using it almost like a friend paying a friend who they can just talk at i felt like that a lot during the pandemic just cuz i didn't have as many friends to talk to <laughs> and i was just like like oh my god i have a full hour of someone's undivided attention mm-hmm. <laughs> let me just talk uh, so I can understand that impulse. Uh, although for me, mostly outside of that, I try to use it as a tool. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If the person is getting a benefit from it, 
uh, and it's making them happier, uh, even if they're not quote unquote improving, even if they're just staying at the same level, mm -hmm. fine. Like, is their life better because they're doing it? Great. Like, I'm not here to judge the way that people are doing therapy. Uh, for me personally, I want to be more proactive. I want to be making progress. If I feel like I hit a plateau, I either switch therapists or take a break. Like right now, I'm actually on a break because I felt like I just kind of hit. We're on a break. <laughs> how do you how do you break up with a therapist? Uh, well, it depends on what the circumstance is, right? Um, neutral. Like, give me a neutral example, not like like neutral. Out. Like they yeah. didn't. No one said anything bad. Yeah. They didn't offend me. No. Uh, so like recently with uh the therapist that I'd been seeing for like about a year and a half. Oh. And she was really great. I just felt like I got into a place in my life where I was really managing my anxiety and I kept showing up to therapy feeling like I didn't have anything to talk about mm -hmm. and I was just giving her life updates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Been there. And it felt like a waste of time and money. So I didn't say that because I felt like that's a little harsh. So I think what I said to her was just basically like, I said, thank you. I think that's good because they are doing a service. So just coming from a place of gratitude and saying, thank you for your time. You've really helped me with X, Y, Z. Uh, right now, I feel like I need to take a break from therapy, but I'll be in touch if I need your help in the future. And that's kind of how I left it with her. In person or text Email. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then some therapists, depending on what where you're at in your journey, might say, oh, I would like to do an exit session with you, Ooh. Um, which that. is just kind of like making sure that you have all the tools that you need to move forward and that you're really sure about your decision to stop going to therapy and that kind of thing, which I think is a really responsible thing to do. With this therapist, we didn't do that just because I had toyed around with the idea of reducing or stopping therapy before and we had talked about it a lot during our sessions, so I don't think there was any need to like go back over that stuff right. with her but it, it has happened in the past have you ever had a therapist end it with you either saying um i don't like this or saying uh, i think you're done <laughs> no i have not no i i've um i feel like i've heard from at least one friend where the therapist just was like you know what i don't think this is a good match <laughs> That's funny. Name, Which is names. honest. <laughs> I, I, I wish I remembered. I, I just remember hearing that uh, ever since starting the podcast, a lot of people come to me with their, they talk to me about their therapy sessions or they ask me for advice. So I've heard it at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm Speaking sure of, of uh, ending things, we're going to move on to the final chapter of <gasps> this episode, which is my favorite, of course. But it's very confusing. So, Joe, would you explain to Katie what it is? Oh, my. We are going to rate therapy on a scale of zero to 10. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can uh, use another thing as the scale. And that thing can be put at any number. So you could say chocolate chip cookies wow. are five, therapy is a 10. Or you could say physical therapy is a 10. Because <laughs> it really <laughs> helps your body. But therapy uh -huh. therapy is a XYZ. And if that was confusing at all, don't worry, because we're going to go first. 
great because I was like, <laughs> nobody. I knows don't know if is. I follow all these chocolate chip cookies, but they sound delicious. I, this chocolate chip cookie is is the worst example. In okay, well, therapy. If this, what do you want me to do with therapy? I don't know which. It's not like a movie where we. Right. I mean, I'm listening, so you tell me. Yeah, I don't know. It. You go, Joe. All right, so I'm going to uh, rate this um, with against, let's say, uh, working out. Ooh. Okay. Whether that's, you know, cardio, lifting eight weights, let's just apply whatever pumping you're iron. pumping iron, jujitsu, mm-hmm. um, cam, Pilates, camming, yeah, Pilates. hardcore sex. Yeah, very hardcore sex. <laughs> Burns a lot of calories. <laughs> like, put a tarp down, sex. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to put that at, a, at an eight. Because okay. uh, I think it actually is worthy of a 10, but I don't like doing a lot of it. So I understand I'm why. Gonna, mm-hmm. I'm going to knock knock it down a little bit. Um, I think it is something everybody should be doing. They should find their uh, physical activity that keeps them healthy and, and do hardcore it as sex. much as they can. Hardcore, <laughs> yeah, do your hardcore sex. Uh, tarps are easy to clean, so don't even worry about it. Uh, therapy, I'm going to also give an eight. Wow. I think it's uh, equally as good, but I think it has a lot of drawbacks just um, by nature of its existence. Yeah. You know, uh, it it's going to be hard. Not everybody can listen to this and be like, okay, I'm going to go do that. Like, they just won't be able to. They'll find an option, and it'll be once every 12 weeks or seven weeks. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be helpful for you. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just those drawbacks. But if you can find, I think there's now we're at a point where there's podcasts like yours, which yeah. aren't a replacement for therapy, but they're talking about these concepts. Yeah, no, I tell people everyone at the beginning of my podcast, I'm like, I'm not a doctor. This is not a substitute for therapy. But like, hey, this is like a place where we can hang out and talk about this stuff. I even started... um. Um, a private Facebook support group just for people to talk to each other. And a lot of those people, maybe they don't have access to therapy, but they can go in there, ask for advice, and feel a little bit less alone, which I think is the ultimate goal is just to remember, Mm -hmm. like, other people are going through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. You were saying. Uh, No, but totally. I think there's resources like you you created this group. There's stuff out there. I found Mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, oddly enough, the Pete Holmes podcast I started listening to a couple years ago. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. And he talks. Is that a bad? Oh, gosh. It's a shut up. I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I can actually understand. I can (laughs) actually can understand that. But he talks a lot about mental health stuff and concepts and has people who are really into that. And just the constant... Like, even though the episodes weren't about that, just the constant little, like, nuggets and things, keeping that in the mind was really helpful for me. So I think people can find the thing that is simple. Read a book, you know, do what – read a couple yeah. books. And just like therapists, if you're a quarter into the book and you're like, this isn't vibing, go rip the pages out and coat your floor with it for your hardcore sex. So that something – It's not going to be up. a tarp quality but it's not tarp, soak but up it's some better. Of the, the, the yeah. main takeaway i'm getting from this joe is that like your bedroom is just like uh covered in plastic yeah plastic <laughs> and different um films sasha what about you i'm gonna be brief um 
I'm going to put hot yoga at 10, uh, mm. psychedelics, like a big mushroom trips at 9 because I wouldn't recommend my brother or somebody with bipolar or schizophrenia to do those. And I would put therapy at 6. Um, I think it's just one of those things. It's like McDonald's in the sense that like, yes, it's for <laughs> many people, but um, does it re like it's 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 a, having a more unique experience like taking mushrooms is what's really going to do the work that I count personally in my experience to 10 years of therapy, just like one trip as opposed to uh, therapy, which feels like a lot of time and money is that I have uh, dedicated to and uh, the comeback feels very insignificant. So, but it is accessible to a lot of people. So they, people try that and see how it works for them. And it's good, it's better than not doing anything because that would be terrible. Um, you have to, you know, make yourself feel better. And if there's someone that can help you, then that's great. But in terms of just my experience, it's, um, it's, um, it's like not as good as I constantly just hope it would be. Katie? What about you? Um, so I would say dark chocolate is like a solid nine. Uh, I had to take away a point because occasionally I get a bar of dark chocolate that is too bitter. You know, there's this perfect. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it needs to be the correct balance of the, the bitter and the sweet. So nine. Uh, bubble bath. I would put it like a seven because I don't like waiting for it to fill up. Right. And sometimes after I get in there, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but it is very relaxing. Um, so seven. <laughs> uh, and I would say therapy with a good therapist. That is my caveat. Therapy with a good therapist at a 10. Ugh. I would put that at a 10 because I don't like... If, if, if you really need it, like if I'm in the middle of a really shitty time in my life and there, I don't want to talk to a friend because I don't need their, uh, you know, judgy opinions or like they're, I want someone who's not invested in my life at all, who actually has training, who can kind of just like listen and give me solid things that I can apply to my life. I'm going to give that a 10. There have been a lot of dark times in my life that have um, been helped with therapy. Uh, dark times, but not dark chocolate times. <laughs> I've had both. Oh. But, you know, I don't need to go to therapy about the dark chocolate times. Those are, that's a celebration. <laughs> Katie, that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on Shut Up, I Love It, to talk about therapy. Where can our listeners find you on Instagram or on your podcast platforms. Plug away. Plug it. Yeah. So uh, I'd say the place I am the most active on the internet is probably Instagram. I'm at Katie Doll, K-A-T-Y-D-O-L-L-E, or any of the other platforms. Uh, and you can find Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people, on wherever you listen to podcasts. Joe is actually going to be a guest coming up. That you'll be able to listen. No spoilers, but he does share, you know, he shares a lot about his life on there. Oh and it's, it's very interesting. Tarp keeps coming up. <laughs> yeah, that, that comes up almost too much, kind of like in this podcast. And I would recommend it. It is uh, if you are looking for that communal experience of positivity, little reminders um, of good mental health, I would check it out. Thank you. Joe, what about yeah. you? Check me out. JoeCabello.com. 
You can check out uh, that, my comic books out there in a couple weeks. Or who knows, actually, a couple weeks from this recording of this podcast, issue three of Bottoms Up Hard Liquor will be out. Mm-hmm. So look out for Two that. Two weeks from now, probably, it will come out. Two weeks from when your ears are picking this up. Go check mm-hmm. it out if you like uh, suspenseful comic books about killer alcohol. What a topic. And I think my next class is up on Script Anatomy's website that I'm Ooh. teaching in, script, uh, in uh, October, November. So come take it. Let's figure out what your pilot, uh, what pilot are you writing? So let's just figure it out together. Go on scriptanatomy.com and figure it out. Find me there. Email us at I found out the name. Uh, I found out the email for this uh, podcast. Shut up, pod. Wow. Yes, it took me 100 episodes. Shut up, pod at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. Tell me you hate me for talking bad things about therapy. Do it all. I'll be a feeler. Do it all. Please just get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this track. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for this awesome artwork. And thank you for listening. <laughs>